Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I am also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Today is part two of two, where we are talking to A.K. Mulford about her novels. After today, you will have heard about telling stories for yourself, spending 10 years researching how to write a book and self-publish it, finding an agent, landing a seven-figure book deal, writing in the time available to you, taking care of your mental health, and focusing your energy on the people that enjoy the things you like and inviting them into your world. The Rogue Crown, a novel, The Five Crowns of Ockrith, book three. The action moves west in A.K. Mulford's romantic, action-packed epic fantasy series The Five Crowns of Ockrith, as young fey warrior Bree investigates the murder of her queen while protecting the beautiful princess she may be falling for. Determined to uncover who killed the Western Queen, fey warrior Briotta Catalyst sets out on a mission to defeat the witch hunters and safeguard her princess. But when she arrives at the Western Court, things are even worse than she feared. The icy reception from the fey is the least of her problems. They've heard the prophecy that Bree will seize the crown from its sovereign, and the last thing they want is for her to usurp the throne. No. The witch hunters are out for royal blood, and it will take everything Bree has to keep them at bay. It doesn't help that still grieving the loss of her mother, Princess Abilina Thorne, is reluctant to allow Bree into her confidence, only agreeing to let her serve as one of her guards at the behest of the princess's cousin. As the threat of the witch hunters grows, they find themselves thrown together, working closely to uncover the secret plot of their enemies— Along the way, the princess realizes that Bree is one of the few people she can trust. But Bree is determined to forge her own path and prove the prophecy wrong, not letting the beautiful Lena distract her from defeating the witch hunters. She has a duty to the princess, a duty to the Western court, and a duty to her own destiny. But what about the duty to her heart? Now, I talked to Ann Kemp a couple months ago at this point, and she says you guys oddly figured out that you are in the same country. How did that happen? Yeah, we're practically neighbors. I So she made a TikTok and we were TikTok friends and she was walking around and I saw um, like the coastline and I was like, that's like Wellington, that's New Zealand. And I, I was like, are you in in New Zealand and she said yeah and I'm like I am too and so then we like messaged each other with like the towns we lived in and she's like 10 minutes down the road from me <laughs> and I thought she was just my American friend on TikTok you know like and she thought the same of me because of our accents so yeah well, that's weird because both of you both of you are from the U.S. 
both of you met yes. your husbands in a different country from the U.S. And then both mm-hmm. of you moved to New both Zealand. Both of my husbands are named Glenn. Like it just, oh. yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. We're just, it's so similar. <laughs> and we have so much in common. And yeah, she was one of those people, like, I think before I even, I was like walking to meet her at this outdoor cafe because like, mm-hmm. you know, COVID and um. I think before I even reached the table she was sat at, we'd already decided we're going to be like friends, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, those people are, we have this like gorgeous little writing group of friends who are just these, like, they're the soul food people, you know, mm-hmm. the people that you meet and you just hang on to. And mm-hmm. because, you know, like they just like fill you up with so much joy and yeah, it's just really, really awesome to have people that I can, you know, share my career with and who get it and yeah she was one of those and I met her through TikTok so what are some (laughs) of the biggest things that have helped you get from no books published at all to where you are now like what are big things that you think helped you get to where you are now I mean I'm uh do you know the Clifton Strengths at all mm, the like um, I've heard uh, of okay, it, but I don't know. and yeah uh, I'm number one input which is just like I just want to know all the things I, I I'm in well 10 years researching self-publishing yeah, yeah. yeah there you go <laughs> yeah so I mean I definitely think researching helps I think reading books about publishing helps I think getting involved in the community helps mm-hmm. um and starting to do your own research into your genre and what you want to write and what other people are writing that's successful and why is it successful and starting to think critically about all of those things like um from the kind of metadata side of like you know everything from craft and how to write a good story to you know how to produce a good quality book mm-hmm. um I think all of that's super important but then also I think there's also like a mental health side of things that also needs to be kind of acknowledged and catered for in um you know just sticking with this career because so many people get burnt out um it's it's kind of a never-ending cycle you know Mm -hmm. and so I think a lot of people um you know just get stalled out somewhere along the way and forget to keep going and and Mm -hmm. kind of lose that momentum And so that perseverant energy and finding like ways and mental health strategies, self-care strategies so that you feel good about continuing on, I think is a really important thing for me. It was, I have a gratitude journal that I have like just one, just for being an author, um, that I write all of the like little joyful moments in, Mm -hmm. um, that then I can go and reflect back on because I think we're all just so forward focused, like, who do I need to call? What do I need to do? I need to email this person, uh, that we forget to like appreciate all of the, like, successes and all the little joyful moments or when somebody emails you and tells you how much your book means to them like we appreciate it so much in the moment but then we're like on to the next thing and forget Uh to like hold on to those moments of joy and so all of those things are huge to me and really help me keep going when I'm feeling like stuck or you know like I don't think it matters what level of success you get to I know some like pretty famous authors who have terrible imposter syndrome and you're like how is that possible but it happens to everyone and um so I think narrators too protective yeah being protective of that mental health uh and finding a way that you can keep going at things even when 
you're feeling down or, you know, uh, you like we all have tons of failures along the way to success too. And so um, finding ways to keep going and make this a sustainable career, I think is um, really important too. So while you're writing, because you talked about like not getting burned out or whatever. So while you write your books, are you constantly thinking of like, what do I want to do next? Yes. Yeah. I'm a very like futuristic person. Like I like to think into the future and have a Mm -hmm. plan. And even if that plan completely changes from month to month, I like to have one. Uh, So I've already, I have like the rest of this series, the rest of the next series, another series planned out in my head, possibly other genres and pen names in the future, all kind of like (laughs) planned out. So yeah. (laughs) Now what reason? I've got got a lot of plans. (laughs) I know like I've heard quite a few authors use different, like different genres, genres will have different pen names. Is that kind of what you plan? Mm -hmm. Keep the fantasy under? If I do. If I do it. Yeah. There's still like a whole bunch more fantasy series I want to write. So those will probably happen first. But um, yeah, while I'm doing that, it might be fun to do something else. And I'd probably use another pen name. (laughs) Now, do you and your publisher have kind of a set um, release date schedule that you're planning? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're going to have um, the Rogue Crown comes out in October, October 25th. And then the next book in um, this series, The Evergreen Air, comes out in the spring of next year. And um, the first book in the new trilogy comes out next year to River of Golden Bones in the fall. So you're going to get uh, a book from the new trilogy and a book from the current series each year for the next couple of years. Yeah, I'm excited. And now how many, because you said you were planning like um, novellas and stuff. How many novellas mm-hmm. do you plan on doing in the Five Crown series? Um, originally I had planned five, but there might be six now because <laughs> I can't help myself. And there could be more in the future too. All of the novellas are kind of these little flashback moments from characters in the main series. So it mm-hmm. all takes place in the past. Um, and I think a lot of people just really enjoy being able to kind of hear the more histories. from those characters. Yeah. And yeah. Where they came from, what they were like is when they were younger, what kind of informed the person that they became in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've had a lot of different readers ask for different people. So (laughs) there might be novellas coming for a long time. Who knows? It'll (laughs) it'll just depend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've done the first series I remember reading that had like these novellas planned in there was the Shatter Me series. Um, Oh, yeah. And she would do, um, like, between each book, she had a novella, and it was usually from another person's perspective for, like, some particular scene that happened during the book or, like, between the books or whatever. Um, But that was, like, the first series I remember having that. But then I also read the... Cinder is the name of the book. I don't remember the name of the series. It's uh, Marissa something Cinder. It's it's like classic fairy tales. But they're all robotic. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. All the characters are robotic. Um, and like that series, she has these little like very like short stories, not even novellas or like short stories that are like, you know, intermixed in there that to my understanding, she released on like a blog and then did a book, mm-hmm. like combined them and then added a couple later on in a book together. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I like yeah, the, that would be the cool idea to of do that. that one day, add all the novellas together into like one book. 
yeah like the last book in the series yeah well, like tahara her books she i think that's how you say her name hers she does the combined so so each series will have three main books and then two novellas mm-hmm. and so she'll release the two novella novellas together once like the series is finished yeah. Um, so now there's six books because she did a like spinoff secondary continuation series <laughs> that has the same thing, three main books. And then I think there's actually two novellas and then one that's essentially another full length. I think it's like a hair shy of full length novel length. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's a big boy still. But... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, I think that most authors, especially indie authors, like we just want to like give people what they want and so people want more of something we're like okay I'll read it you know (laughs) so are you finding out what these people want through reviews or through TikTok or like how are you um do you read your reviews (laughs) I I don't really read my reviews because I I mean like I get tagged in enough reviews that I I see enough of it anyway you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and I also usually have big arc teams so I get like quite a wide variety of opinions just before the book even comes out right. which is great because by the time it goes out it's kind of like doesn't really belong to me anymore it belongs mm-hmm. to the readers and so I don't it's not really my place anymore to read those reviews I think and it doesn't and affect what I'm going to write so it's not really informative to my writing process by that point Uh Um, because usually the people who are really invested have already read it by then anyway and (laughs) so I can kind of like I'm writing for them I'm writing for the people who love these books and want more of them and and so I want to kind of cater my stories towards the people who are super invested in the series um but I have, you know, like a Facebook group and I have a street team and I have my TikTok. And so I have a lot of different places where I have my newsletter, where I'll do like polls and things. Uh Um, So I get like a lot of feedback that way from people who are like, you know, invested in my stories and want to participate um, Uh in who they want to see more of, what parts of my worlds they want to be in more of um and things like that and so I I still get like a lot of good feedback on what people are looking for so yeah okay and so uh yeah I imagine the only time at least when I'm like reading through which my audiobooks don't get a ton of reviews but like I'm always looking for like things that I need to fix like is there Mm -hmm. any like major issue that I need I mean I've had a couple that are like didn't like my voice I can't change my voice like my voice is my voice yeah that's not helpful but I mean there are (laughs) other things that could be said for narrating that are things that you would want to fix um same Mm. for writing like if now you knew ahead of time you know go to editors and beta readers and all of that um some Mm. authors don't and they get the feedback of it needs to see an editor (laughs) right they get the feedback in the reviews yeah (laughs) yeah so I imagine sometimes I mean there's a certain point where it's like you know if you're getting contradicting reviews it doesn't make sense to pay attention to them if they contradict Mm -hmm. each other but um yeah, I plan on. I don't know. I don't know what I plan on doing. I'm like working on my own books I and think like it's thinking good ahead. To read the like probably like the first like 200 reviews. You know, like I think it's good to read like a, like the first few, but then at some point it's just it, you can't like you can't keep up with them, and it just right. it starts to be like I think like there's nearly like 4,000 reviews on the oh, gosh. or something. There's you no know? way. So it's not. 
yeah and it's just like why would I subject myself to that and I think well and spend all that time too yeah yeah and you in your brain you always give the negative reviews more weight right and um and I think that it's just I, I don't know. I mean, some people can do it completely objectively, but, but for me, it's like, why ruin my day? <laughs> you know? like, yeah. why, why do that? Like I could read 10 five-star reviews that are like, this is, this book means so much to me. It's my favorite book in the whole world. And one two-star review that's like, meh. And I, that would do it, you know, I'd just be like, fine, you know, it's terrible. Everything I do is terrible, you know? So it just, yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me at that point. So, and by then I've had hundreds of people go through it and specifically too yeah like art yeah, readers like things and, yeah and you know like say like this was really confusing I didn't understand what was happening here and like all of that stuff so hopefully by then it's kind of in a good shape at least you know right. and it's never going to be and everyone's cup of tea that's the thing right. is like I think a lot of authors get so overwhelmed by all of the feedback that they forget how to write their own stories and speak mm-hmm. in their own author voice and so if it's gonna even positive reviews can stall people out from writing because they'll be like this is the greatest book ever and you're like well crap now I don't <laughs> how to write another book after yeah. that then. you know so it's just like it just gets in your head and it's not something that I find uh, really helpful at that (laughs) point. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of sells you out and you'll have people who's like part, part that they hated. The reason that they hated the book is um, the reason that somebody else loves it and it's their favorite book. You know what I mean? So it's like, how can you write to please both of those people? You can't. Yeah. Um, And so that's when you have to go, these are the stories I want to tell, you know, if there's any like useful feedback, take it, but like, otherwise, you know, you've got to just keep telling that, you know, there's lots of tropes, especially in romance that some people love and some people hate, Mm -hmm. um, like faded mates, for example. And so you're just not going to, you're, you're never going to convince everybody to like that thing. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't try, like it's their opinion and they should, they absolutely have the right to not like that. Um, and so, it's more about trying to just focus your energy on finding the people who do like the things that you write and kind of invite them into your world. And that's kind of just the people I put my energy towards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I have, um, so I just hit where I can do lives now on TikTok. And so this week I did my first, like, I I got permission to do like live narrations with like a couple books. And so I've been like doing those. And so I've gotten my first like journey into blocking idiots that get onto Uh, these lives and are like you know spouting their their my husband's basically like you you've just got trolls and I'm like it doesn't even like phase me at all because I'm like really like the first one was like you're fat you need to lose weight and I'm like and what's your body fat percentage like all these other questions and I'm like really like the thing that came comes out of my mouth is you think I don't know this like okay what are you trying like and and you coming on here and saying this helps me how like yeah exactly today's was I don't remember I yeah I like my size 22 pants tell me that every day and I love my body so f off you know it's like I don't even know now there was there was one person on there that like stuck up for me or whatever and I afterwards like we followed each other and I like thanked them for like you know thank you and she was like oh my I don't know how you did that with like so much grace and like didn't even like it didn't even phase you at all and I'm just like yeah you you can't 
if oh, you never, if you I entertain them, them, it's going to be worse. So yeah, I figured out how to block on a live yesterday. <laughs> I mean, you get trolls in every form of social media, yeah. but I think that like uh, the doing it in lives is because they want to see that like instant reaction. And you think about the sort of person who does that and how like sad they must be to yeah. like need. That I want to get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, this is all, this is the only time I'll be acknowledged as being like a living human being in my day is by yeah. riling people up and getting them mad at me. Well, and, and I'm I like, just like, the mom not gonna give just that. sees them as like toddlers. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? I'm like, like, I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> well, another one was like, you sound like a newscaster as I'm like narrating this book. And so, like, I said, what does that mean? Because that's the second time I've gotten that comment. You sound like a newscaster. I'm like, is that a good like for you? Because like I'm going to talk the way that I talk. But like for you, does is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because like right. it's a weird comment. <laughs> so well, I feel like people who don't listen to audiobooks don't understand that there's a key yeah, to it. Yeah. You know, because it's not it's different. It's storytelling. And I think that there it's like when you have like a hip hop dancer and a ballet dancer and it's, it's different like, well this is how I speak when I'm yeah. making this kind of content and this is how I speak making this like art form and it's, yeah. it, it, they're like two different yeah. forms of art you know and so you can't compare and um <laughs> yeah I think that I'd be surprised if there are people who listen to audiobooks who are making those comments you know yeah I had so. well and what was funny was someone said that and then I guess they thought I don't know. I thought I said it nicely. Like, what do you mean by that? And they were like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you mad. And I'm like, I'm not mad. I just like genuinely want to know, like, is that a good thing or a bad thing for you? Because you're my second person to say that. And then someone else comments and is like, I'd listen to you (laughs) say the news all the time. Like, (laughs) they would love to listen to that. I'm like, I feel like it's like a lot of narration kind of has like this um almost like masseuse voice to it you know yeah. it's very like soothing and like it feels like you're being told a bedtime story you know you just want to like lie down and listen to someone tell you a story and take you away and then it gets into the characters or the action and stuff and then all of a sudden you're like <gasps> you know you're like you're totally pulled in and I, no, just, I do I have to that. say the best audiobooks I do not. I typically read my books. I have a hard time focusing, which is funny mm-hmm. since I'm an audiobook narrator, but I have a hard time like and focusing. And I'm the opposite, which is so <laughs> funny because I write, you know, yeah. books. But like <laughs> but the best, the best, the best audiobooks that I've ever heard is The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings series was done by the actor that plays Gollum. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy yeah, Circus, and like he is so so good in those I books. Got to meet him. Oh my god! How did that happen? <laughs> well, my <laughs> husband works for Weta, uh, and so yeah, like works on the Hobbit films and stuff. And so we've gotten to go to like a few of the like premieres and premieres, and we've had a lot of the people who work on the films come. When I used to work at the zoo. And so they'd have like a, like private tours for the celebrities and kids working on the films and stuff. And so we'd get to like meet a lot of them and things. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing because like he's a big deal in like narrator groups because like he does all these voices himself. And like uh, there's this video that would go around of him like talking on I think it's Letterman. Um, it might be Kimmel. He's talking on one of those big talk shows and they're like, 
they're like here and they hand him this narrating mic and they're like I'm told you'll know what to do with this and he like shows how he like gets into all these different positions to do these different characters and I'm like I gotta listen to this book and um then I found I saw some other thing him talking about how he was like live narrating on YouTube during COVID to like entertain Mm. kids and that's how he ended up on the audiobooks like they found out that he had done the live read and they were like, hey, we want you to do the audiobooks. So that's he amazing. did. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I love that's that like so the much. dream. Like you put out these books, same with authoring. You put out these books mm-hmm. and you just hope that like one day, one of these things that you do, you hope will get discovered by someone that not that nobody matters, but like somebody that's going to matter at one of these big companies that will take off. <laughs> it's like yeah. the dream in the arts. Someone call Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny, so I have two authors that have said like they would, one author said, I will do anything to like have my books made into a like TV series or whatever. And then I'm interviewing another one, which she found my podcast on social media and I like pitched her to narrate her book. And I'm talking to her on this podcast, which was a separate one from the one she found me on. And she's like, oh, yeah, we have like an old family friend who like used to be the book searcher for TV networks. And she loves my book and wants to pitch the series to her old boss. <laughs> so I'm like, Networking. There you I'm go. Like, that might happen. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a, you know. <laughs> Crazy stuff happens, but yeah, I mean, you just, you never know what one person is going to stumble across your TikTok or, you know, your book in the bookstore if you get it in. I know like Barnes and Noble, you can get, as an indie author, you can get into your local Barnes and Noble stores. I have my, my books weren't really stocked here in New Zealand, but in the States, they were stocked in quite a few Barnes and Nobles on the like book talk tables, but they mm. don't tell you, they don't tell right. you which stores, you know? Yeah. So you don't know, like people will just be like, oh, hey, it's your book here in Florida or wherever. And, you know, <laughs> you just are like, oh, okay, cool. There's like a few stores in different places that were carrying them, but now it'll be a lot easier to find them, hopefully. So, <laughs> have you seen like the authors that will go in and like sign their books in the bookstore? Yeah, yeah. You can't exactly do that I from New Zealand. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, they will be hopefully, yeah, in stores here soon, and we'll be in Australia when they come out. But in Australia too, um, because Harper Voyager UK is also doing um, a release of them as well so there's harper Mm. voyager us and the uk um Mm -hmm. and the uk one is doing all the like commonwealth countries Mm -hmm. um and so like there should they should be there but i still i don't think i could i'd have to go with a friend or someone to say like because i couldn't go up to them and be like oh hey i'm not like vandalizing (laughs) these (laughs) these books well isn't your like face on the back like isn't that standard (laughs) you like point to your face on the book it's me it's me yeah but (laughs) But just, I don't know, it feels very, like, weird to just be like, oh, hey, can I just go sign these books? Like, it's, it's me, again, I swear. it's that Kiwi modesty thing. Where, yeah. <laughs> you know. I think that's awkward for anybody in any country. Like, yeah. unless you've been doing it for, like, years and years and years, it's just, I mean, it's that imposter syndrome. Like, it's just weird. I um, saw a TikTok of Colleen Hoover and E.L. James going into a bookstore and they signed each other's books oh, no. and then signed, signed them themselves too. Um, 
was just like you had to pick up that book a, and be like what wow Colleen Hoover signed my 50 shades of gray yeah. <laughs> so I, like, weird. Just, I was like that's so cool what a like power couple like those two are <laughs> just like how cool to have like get an extra signature from an awesome author on a book like that's cool <laughs> I, I ask all of the authors that I narrate for to send me signed copies um I'm like totally oh, willing to pay that. for them but they always don't make me uh but um I just like want this collection of like these are the books that I've narrated even though I yeah. narrate under not my legal name I'm like I just want mm-hmm. this like collection of you know one day some family member would be like what are all these random books here I can be like yeah. I narrated all those this whole shelf yeah. is all books that yeah I love that <laughs> So I I have forgotten for the last couple of them, but I'm always like, hey, like, what would I need to do to get a signed copy? Like, you know, do you have them on your website or like? Right. <laughs> Most I of know, them do. Yeah. I'm terrible with that. I like don't really do signed copies because it costs like $100 to send a book from yeah. New Zealand, you yeah. know? And so it's just like, people are like, oh, well, I'll pay thinking that it'll be like $20 shipping yeah. and it's like $100 shipping plus, you know, like the cost of uh, printing the book. They don't print them here. So I have to ship them internationally to me to mm-hmm. sign. So it ends up being like $200, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's just is like way too expensive. I do it for um like my like top tier patrons on Patreon. I'll send mm-hmm. them like a signed book from New Zealand, but it's really not something that I do. But uh, with uh, Harper Voyager now, I'll be able to do a lot more signed copies. So I'm mm-hmm. super excited about that because I've felt bad for the last year just being like, you know, one day, yeah. <laughs> one day I'll see them when I come to the States or something, but I just <laughs> yeah. can't send, sell and send signed copies from here. Yeah. Yeah. I have one author from the UK that she was like, it's going to cost a lot. And so like, I go look at, at the cost and it was like $20 to get from the UK to here. And she was like, you know, I play, I want to do a U.S. tour and like all this stuff. And I was like, you know, if I have to pay for it, that's fine. But like, I'm going to wait till the trilogy is done and then have them all sent at yeah. once. So I'm paying one shipping mm-hmm. instead of three. <laughs> so, yeah. Good call. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm just waiting. And she's still like, she's working on book two right now. So she's almost done with book two. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm just going to wait on the trilogy and then I'll order them all to come here. So one shipping cost of really high instead of three really high shipping costs. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I hope in the next uh, couple of years, I'll be able to go to the States and things and, and do a few book tours around there as well. Like um, next year I'm doing some signings in Australia. So that'll be mm-hmm. fun to be able to like actually go meet people <laughs> and do signings. But um, yeah, I think, I think some people will probably have to wait till I come to the States. Yeah. I'm just too far. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of advice do you have for, we talked about the mental health and, and protecting mm. your mental health, but what kind of like tips, tricks, advice do you have for, I mean, you're still relatively new yourself, but what kind of tips, yeah. tricks do you have for someone just starting out or researching or whatever? I came from a visitor engagement background, like conservation engagement. So basically teaching people how to like deliver conservation messaging, Mm -hmm. um, which actually comes in handy in like all forms of, uh, you know, like um, 
media and marketing, but I think the kind of main principle of engagement is treating people like people right? <laughs> and valuing them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's not like calling them that fat I... on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, just being kind to people in general, but like, um, you know, the, something, especially on TikTok, I see a lot is people who are kind of like number chasing of like, they start to feel really down if they don't have, you know, like a viral video or they don't Mm -hmm. have a certain number of followers or they don't have like, and they're just uh, constantly searching for more, like Mm -hmm. more numbers, but these like very like abstract numbers, not really even thinking of the numbers as people, right? Mm -hmm. Like as readers, as potential people who might be your super fans who want to celebrate your books and cheer them on in the world. They Mm -hmm. don't engage with the people on their profile and are just looking for the next hit of a hundred followers or something. Right. And, um, and so for me, I always just, my advice to people is remember that like there's real people are reading your books Mm -hmm. and to value them, um, because they're the ones who go out in the world and recommend your books to other people and, and champion them and share them on other forms of social media. And like, you never know, like I've had so many stories of people uh, emailing me these really like intimate moments that my stories have helped them with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just never know who those people are, you right. know, like they might just leave an emoji on your video, but they've had this whole massive story and relationship with your book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like treat them with that level of kindness. And, um, and I think that really investing and valuing in the people who already want to be there and welcoming mm-hmm. more people into that space is going to do way more for you than getting another like 50,000 people who are just kind of like there but don't really care you know right um so so that kind of quality over quantity and really investing in in your readers yeah yeah I mean you are way more likely to have someone recommend you to a friend if you're that really nice author that always like you know says you know when you post a you know you had a crummy day video that author that reaches out and says you know whatever the nice thing you may say may be, as opposed to, like, I've never heard any any person ever say, oh, you should go check out this author that has 50,000 followers. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, it always surprises me when people will, I'll reply to a comment on a video and people will be like, I can't believe you replied to me or thank you so much for replying or I really appreciate that, like, you cheering me on or telling mm-hmm. me I can do it and, like, and I'm always surprised, like, of course I'm going to, you know, like, yeah. of course I'm going to cheer you on. I think it's awesome. Like you took the time to be here and watch this video and interact with me and I want to support you too, you know? And um, I was and trying I not to that... fangirl too much when like, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I had watched you on TikToks, but it wasn't <laughs> until recently that you followed me back. <laughs> so, like. I'm like, oh my god, AK followed me back. Oh, um, but like that happens with like everyone that I like, you know, watch their videos and comment or whatever. Um, and not that I do this for them to follow me back, but I've noticed like the more that you interact with people yeah. in their videos, the more likely they are to do that because it's like, oh, they're mm-hmm. not just you know following me, so I'll follow them back. They're actually here yeah. to like care. That's usually when I follow people back is like when they've like commented on a video or like something like that. Cause I do have like, uh, for a while I would just basically immediately follow back any like book 
related account. Mm -hmm. Um, and quite often I would either have them immediately unfriend me or unfollow me after I followed them back, or, uh, they would immediately message me being like, can you promote my book doing this thing? And I'm like, we've no. never talked to each other before we don't yeah. even you don't even know me but you're instantly messaging me being like what can you do for me how can you do this do this stuff for me and yeah. um, and so I just stopped doing that and so now it's usually like if somebody is like commenting or engaging with me that I'll follow them back because I'm like oh they really want to like be friends right. they want to talk yeah. to each other and you know like um that's what I'm like oh okay cool yay awesome <laughs> <laughs> it was weird too so we did the big um film narration day right and yeah. this has been a couple of weeks ago now um uh, but like some of those authors like I had my video got my like call out video for like, hey, authors message me got way more views. Like I had like five times more views on that video than any other narrator had on theirs. And so like the quantity of narrators but, or authors that were like reaching out to me, um, but like most of them I wasn't friends with. It was like because that video got over a thousand views, which was big for my videos to get over a thousand yeah. views. And I'm just like um what do I do so like I was basically I think in the video I said reach out to me on other and you know you don't want to say click the link in my bio because then that will get suppressed but it's like you know click Mm -hmm. the thing you know go to the thing in the thing um because I have you know my Instagram on there and my link tree (laughs) or well I have my links are on my own website but it's like a link tree on there um just for like (laughs) you know here's how to reach out to me um but yeah it's it's weird because yeah same thing like authors now I haven't had a whole lot I've had a few that like want me to go read their book like they'll immediately send me a hey go buy my book kind of thing um Mm -hmm. but then occasionally I'll put up videos that are like hey I want a book that has a twist I'm never gonna see coming in it because like I'm very rarely surprised by a book and so I appreciate books with good twists and so those ones if you comment on one of those I'm literally asking you to yes, recommend totally. me books to go buy yeah so. you want that yeah. yeah I do lots of videos where I'm like what what's your favorite this or what do you like about that and I love when people like comment their books and then there's other times where I'm just like it's a video of my dog and they're just like copying and pasting links to their books in it and I'm like <laughs> what are you doing like, <laughs> what are you is the do you think this is gonna this is not effective. like is this the strategy that you think is gonna like get you somewhere I don't get it you know I had the funniest there are so many videos that yeah. are like authors please tell me about yes. your book that's like it's like people are hungry for it they're asking yeah. for it like go comment on those videos talk about <laughs> it on your own social media don't spam people on other social yeah. media um yeah I had the funniest funniest call out thing that I've had they put up a book for audition so I go and audition for it and then they come back and they're like I didn't like your audition, but I'm a coat. And it was like very rude. Like the whole thing was sort of very rude. I didn't like your audition, but I'm a coach so I can help you make it better. And I'm like, and I would never hire you because of this approach. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is this what you're doing? You're just like trolling through these things trying to find people to, yeah. No, I'm like, I don't. No, I don't like when people do like use these kind of like sketchy marketing tactics to try and get people's attention. Like it's well, the it has to work. To, like, shut down. Yeah, well, yeah, it does. It's a numbers game of like yeah. if I hit ten thousand people. I've had um, so I have this other TikTok account that's just 
animal videos, <laughs> just okay. videos of animals. Um, uh, and I had the, there's this like this one like author dude who keeps following and unfollowing me like every other week trying to like <laughs> I guess get me to follow him back like um and I'm like not interested because you act like this like why would I want yeah, that's to so weird but then he followed my animal account and I realized he'd just gone through all of my uh like followers and just followed everyone oh, on the entire so list weird. of people to try and get some get some of them and I was just like this is just so gross like, at this, this point I remove marketing I remove any anyone that follows me that like I go look at their thing and they're following like an astronomical amount of people yeah. and they only yeah. have like 10 people following them back I immediately like remove them because I'm like you are being sketchy like you are yeah. intentionally going out and trying to get people to follow you just for so you can I'll get to people, do lives and be like, a creep I don't know yeah like they'll tag me in videos about their books like it has nothing to do with me and they're just like we're not friends I've never interacted <laughs> with their videos they've never interacted with my videos and they'll just tag me in videos going like look at like my book cover thing you can buy it here and go buy this book now and it's like tags 10 random authors and I'm like why are you doing this this is just <laughs> the fastest way to like you're really missing out on the whole community because if you're actually like friends with other authors they, they might give you like yeah. tips and tricks for like good marketing <laughs> and you know yeah, like, like get good plan... advice and <laughs> yeah like be friends with people mm. and they mm. will help you later exactly but you have and to build the to relationship author friends <laughs> right it's, you you have author friends to be like where did you get your cover designer from or what editing right. software do you use or like how did you do this thing and like you ask each other questions and cheer each other on you don't market to other authors you know you market to your readers and You're right which <laughs> could be other thing. authors but and they could be but they'll yeah. be in the acting in the reader capacity at the time right. you know you don't hit up authors right especially if they don't even write in the same genre as you like yeah I've had people who write like like horror or thrillers like hit me up for stuff and I'm like we don't like I don't know how much <laughs> of our readership is the is it's the not same, across you know? yeah <laughs> yeah like I'd love to talk to you about craft you know because I love talking yeah. about writing and I'd love to help you with this stuff but I don't think that this is the way to Market. use a relationship yeah with an author. yeah yeah when I've had yeah, like narration funny. wise, I'll say like I prefer fantasy to narrate, but like I'll do other stuff. But like I prefer fantasy, which means what? That means that my best books, my easiest to do, my ones that are probably going to come out the best are going to be fantasy ones because that's like my favorite. That's what I like. Not that I do a bad job on the other ones. It's just those are going to be extra good because that's what I like the best. Um, hmm. But yeah, authors are going to be the same way. If you if you are a fantasy author, you're probably going to read a lot of fantasy books to be like in that genre to know what is happening, what's going on, what other people have done. You're not going to randomly go read, you know, a detective book. 
to see how can I better do my fantasy book using this detective <laughs> book. Like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I love reading every genre and I get ideas and like things from everything, but it is that, you know, it's not, I'm not marketing towards like mystery readers. You know? Right. Right. You're not going to go into your Facebook ads and put people who like mystery right. books. Yeah, exactly. Dan Brown. People yeah. will love my books. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess your tips and tricks are know your market. Don't mm. don't be weird with your yeah. <laughs> like treat treat people with kindness. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Like don't people. be the like door-to-door salesman of Ugh, the internet, you know. So icky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any <laughs> parting words or words of wisdom before we go? No, I th- I I think that's it. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your mental health and be kind to your readers. And yeah, that's it. And write the book that (laughs) that you want to write. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this do over day and for taking another (laughs) Saturday. No worries. I'll I'll eventually get to to reading your books because I do love fantasy books. Um, I just have to get a little bit ahead on my narration stuff before I can do fun reading. So I totally understand. People uh, people in the industry are like the ones that we take the longest to get to other people's work. You know, yeah. like we have so many author friends, and we're like, it'll probably be a year or more before yeah. I reach your book because in I fact, have to read my own book. You know, it, well, like I said, I I posted a video like wanting good like twist things. And then I had authors that were like, I'll send you a free copy. And I'm like, no, 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 because it's going to take me forever to get to you. Like, I'm going to buy your book because I know it's going to take me, which is funny because one of the ones that was like, you'll never guess what's coming. I'm now narrating her books at the beginning of the year. So now I'm like, now I have to read your books. (laughs) There you go. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I will. I'm like, I will 100% like, I, I don't expect free copies from anybody like people who are that way or just drive me nuts yeah, so. yeah I, I have people who will like really be adamant they want to send me stuff and I'm like please don't like you know like I I and I always say you know thank you but I won't have time to read it and like I had someone recently just be like no no, no I'll send it to you like I just want and I'm like I I probably won't be able to read it. and they're like that's okay I just want to send it to you and I'm like okay and then I get this like super crumpled box it's like you know like completely reined in the books all like you know barely showed and there but there's a note on top that's like this isn't a PR package but if you could show it on your TikTok you're like you don't want me to show this I'm like no, nobody wants to see this like really jacked up book but also like <laughs> I kept telling you I don't have time to read this yeah. book and then you sent me this thing anyway saying show this on your TikTok and I'm like that is so gross. <laughs> well <laughs> like, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna talk about a book on my TikTok that I haven't actually read myself like right? I'm not just gonna talk yeah. about it. Um, yeah I had one of the authors that I did the um video or the video clip things for she sent me which now I'm narrating her books too um but she sent me she sent me her trilogy all signed like she was like send me your give me your address and I'm like what for (laughs) she's like I'm gonna send you the books and I was like at this point we already had the contracts on the books but I'm like I typically ask for signed copies like at the end she's like well I'm just gonna send them to you now I'm like okay no um but yeah super sweet and yeah I usually send 
author's gifts after interviews, but because you're all the way there, I have no idea how to, I, I, t- I had to tell Anne yeah, this too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to get it to you. And then I send like a Save Starbucks, <laughs> I'm like, I send like a Starbucks gift card. And so I'm like researching if I send an American Starbucks gift card, does it work over there? And it was like, no, mm-hmm. no, uh, yeah, I don't it has to so. be And we don't really specific. have Starbucks here either. It's not well, really I think, thing. yeah, There's well, even Amazon City, too. But- Amazon, too. I couldn't do Amazon gift cards because it's specific to the country, uh, which (laughs) is weird. But I'm like, no, being I can't help here with the gift, you know, (laughs) being here (laughs) twice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. You go get your kids breakfast and I'm going to go get air conditioning. So chatting with you. Get cool. (laughs) Have a good. All right. Is it Saturday there? It's Saturday for you guys, right? Uh, it's Sunday here. Okay. Yeah, we're a day ahead. All right. Well, have a good Sunday. I'm going to have a good rest <laughs> of my Saturday. <laughs> Bye. Bye. As she got older, A.K. Mulford liked fantasy books like The Hobbit. The Hobbit, or There and Back Again, is a children's fantasy novel by English Arthur J.R.R. R. Tolkien. It was published in 1937 to wide critical acclaim, being nominated for the Carnegie Medal and awarded a prize from the New York Herald Tribune for Best Juvenile Fiction. The book remains popular and is recognized as a classic in children's literature. The Hobbit is set within Tolkien's fictional universe and follows the quest of home-loving Bilbo Baggins, the titular Hobbit, to win a share of the treasure guarded by a dragon named Smog. Bilbo's journey takes him from his light-hearted rural surroundings into more sinister territory. The story is told in the form of an episodic quest, and most chapters introduce a specific creature or type of creature of Tolkien's geography. Bilbo gains a new level of maturity, competence, and wisdom by accepting the disreputable, romantic fae and adventurous sides of his nature and applying his wits and common sense— The story reaches its climax in the Battle of Five Armies, where many of the characters and creatures from earlier chapters re-emerge to engage in conflict. Personal growth and forms of heroism are central themes of the story, along with motifs of warfare. These themes have led critics to view Tolkien's own experiences during World War I as instrumental in shaping the story. The author's scholarly knowledge of the Germanic philology and interest in mythology and fairy tales are often noted as influences. The publisher was encouraged by the book's critical and financial success, and therefore requested a sequel. As Tolkien's work progressed on its successor, The Lord of the Rings, he made retrospective accommodations for it in The Hobbit. These few but significant changes were integrated into the second edition. Further additions followed with minor emendations, including those reflecting Tolkien's changing concept of the world into which Bilbo stumbled. The work has never been out of print. Its ongoing legacy encompasses many adaptations for stage, screen, radio, board games, and video games. Several of these adaptations have received critical recognition on their own merits. Today, we'll be reading the first chapter of The Princess and the Goblin by George MacDonald, which was one of Tolkien's favorite stories and helped inspire some of the fantasy creatures in his books. Don't forget we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Why the Princess Has a Story About Her There was once a little princess who... 
But Arthur, why do you always write about princesses? Because every little girl is a princess. You'll make them vain if you tell them that. Not if they understand what I mean. Then what do you mean? What do you mean by a princess? The daughter of a king? Very well. Then every little girl is a princess, and there would be no need to say anything about it, except that she is always in danger of forgetting her rank and behaving as if she had grown out of the mud. I've seen little princesses behave like the children of thieves and lying beggars, and that is why they need to be told they are princesses. And that is why, when I tell a story of this kind, I like to tell it about a princess. Then I can say better what I mean, because I can then give her every beautiful thing I want her to have. Please go on. There was once a little princess, whose father was king over a great country full of mountains and valleys. His palace was built upon one of the mountains, and was very grand and beautiful. The princess, whose name was Irene, was born there, but she was sent soon after her birth, because her mother was not very strong, to be brought up by country people in a large house, half castle, half farmhouse, on the side of another mountain, about halfway between its base and its peak. The princess was a sweet little creature, and at the time my story begins was about eight years old, I think, but she got older very fast. Her face was fair and pretty, with eyes like two bits of night sky, each with a star dissolved in the blue. Those eyes you would have thought must have known they came from there. So often were they turned up in that direction. The ceiling of her nursery was blue, with stars in it as like the sky as they could make it. But I doubt if ever she saw the real sky with the stars in it, for a reason which I had better mention at once. These mountains were full of hollow places underneath, huge caverns and winding ways some with water running through them, and some shining with all colors of the rainbow when a light was taken in. There would not have been much known about them, had there not been mines there, great deep pits with long galleries and passages running off from them, which had been dug to get at the ore of which the mountains were full. In the course of digging, the miners came upon many of these natural caverns, a few of them had far-off openings out on the side of a mountain or into a ravine. Now, in these subterranean caverns lived a strange race of beings, called by some gnomes, by some kobolds, by some goblins. There was a legend current in the country that at one time they lived above ground and were very like other people. But for some reason or other concerning which there were different legendary theories, the king had laid what they thought too severe taxes upon them, or had required observances of them they did not like, or had begun to treat them with more severity in some way or other, and impose stricter laws, and the consequence was that they had all disappeared from the face of the country. According to the legend, however, instead of going to some other country— they had all taken refuge in the subterranean caverns, whence they never came out but at night, and then seldom showed themselves in any numbers, and never to many people at once. It was only in the least frequented and most difficult parts of the mountains that they were said to gather even at night in the open air. Those who had caught sight of any of them said that they had greatly altered in the course of generations, and no wonder, 
seeing they lived away from the sun, in cold and wet and dark places. They were now not ordinarily ugly, but either absolutely hideous or ludicrously grotesque both in face and form. There was no invention, they said, of the most lawless imagination expressed by pen or pencil that could surpass the extravagance of their appearance. And as they grew misshapen in body, they had grown in knowledge and cleverness, and now were able to do things no mortal could see the possibility of. But as they grew in cunning, they grew in mischief, and their great delight was in every way they could think of to annoy the people who lived in the open-air story above them. They had enough of affection left for each other to preserve them from being absolutely cruel for cruelty's sake to those that came in their way. But still they so heartily cherished the ancestral grudge against those who occupied their former possession, and especially against the descendants of the king, who had caused their expulsion— that they sought every opportunity of tormenting them in ways that were as odd as their inventors. And although dwarfed and misshapen, they had strength equal to their cunning. In the process of time, they had got a king and a government of their own whose chief business, beyond their own simple affairs, was to devise trouble for their neighbors. It will now be pretty evident why the little princess had never seen the sky at night— they were much too afraid of the goblins to let her out of the house then, even in company with ever so many attendants, and they had good reason, as we shall see by and by. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week to hear Marie's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands, and to hear one of her favorite fairy tales.